0: Hey, it's Greg Stanley. If you're listening to this podcast, you know I love everything automotive. This passion has expanded to include being a car specialist consultant for R.M. Sotheby's. So if you need assistance buying or consigning a collector car at any one of our online or live auctions, including Scottsdale, Amelia Island, or Monterey, you can reach one of our car specialists at rmsotheby's.com, or you can email me directly at gstanley at rmsotheby's.com. I just want to give a quick thanks to Euroclassics for sponsoring this episode. Euro Classics is all about collector cars from servicing your new BMW M5 to prepping your Porsche for the racetrack to executing a total restoration on your favorite classic. They do it all from routine maintenance to performance upgrades to appraisals and everything in between. You can learn more about its owner Dale Oaks by listening to episode number 65 of this podcast, and you can find Euro Classics in the Kentucky, Ohio, Indiana service area and online at euroclassics.com. Classics, C-L-A-S-S-I-X dot com. This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the Collector Car Market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Welcome to the Collector Car Podcast. Hey, it's Greg. i got a great guest today. This is really cool because I like to dabble in the arts, and we got a true artist on our podcast today. I'd like to welcome Dave Snyder. Dave, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing great. How are you, Greg?
0: Fantastic. I've been meaning to catch up with you for a while. I've been a fan of your work for many years now, and I've seen you at all the major auctions, uh, a lot of different events, and it turns out we only live about, I don't know, 20 miles away from each other, so it's about time I got you on the podcast.
1: We, We know so many people.
0: Right, You know,
1: that that, that we're friends with the same people, but I think I ran into you at Amelia Island.
0: Yep. Yep. Yeah. So it took us to, took a show in Florida to get two local guys to connect up. (laughs) So, yeah, no, that's really great. And you do such amazing work. And so for our audience that maybe isn't familiar with your work, can you tell us overall what you do and where we can find it to kind of kick off this podcast?
1: Well, this is my 23rd year. Uh, You can find the work at davidsnydercarart.com, and that's s-n-y-d-e-r, carart.com. It's um, 23 years of doing this, and the way I started out was I like to tell stories. Um, There's a lot of artists that do a part of a car, an individual car, but I try to put as many cars in as I can and tell a story, And one thing that is more important, or is important to me as the car, is the architecture, the signage of the day. Right. And that's where I go with it, is doing old gas stations, drive-ins, drive-in restaurants, fast food, around America's love for the automobile, from starting with the 50s, going into the 70s muscle.
0: Yeah, and I love what you do because you put it, like you said, put it in the period, And it looks like, you know, in some instances where you have the right reference points, you'll put it in the original dealership, correct?
1: Oh, I've done um, all the supercar dealerships, I think. Uh, I've done Yanko three times. I've done Mr. Norm's Grand Spalding Dodge four times. I've done Dana Chevrolet, um, Ace Wilson's Royal Pontiac, Tasca Ford. So yeah, if, if you look at the website, you know, a lot of it's sold out, but if you look at the website, you can see, um, you know, some of the supercar dealerships, and a lot of research goes into that. In fact, it's Chevrolet or um, Yenko Chevrolet, I've actually gone to Cannonsburg, Pennsylvania, and sat there in front of the what's left of the dealership and sketched the dealership. Same with. Um, Mr. Norm's Grand Spalding Dodge taking a trip up to Chicago to see what the building looks like now, and then try to imagine what it was in 1967 or 1971, and and put in the details and the signage and and um, get that um, get those memories going.
0: Yeah, it's really cool because if you it's a snapshot back in the time, back to the dealership when these cars were new, you know. So it really helps kind of put it, I guess, make you feel like you were really there back in 68 or 69 for those of us who were not alive at the time, right?
1: Well, you know, I was, and uh, we (laughs) used to, I remember the ads in Car Craft Magazine for Yenko Chevrolet and and Grand Spalding Dodge and Tasca Ford and uh, Dana Chevrolet. So it it was, um, it's bringing back memories for me. We're of of a little different um, generation, but it um, still try to Fuel that that memory,
0: right? And how much research do you have to do? Because I do notice that you did one like the the Las Vegas Strip back in the day when Dean Martin was headlining. That had to be quite a bit of work to get the buildings, you know, fairly correct and the the signage and you know even things fr- from the prime rib <laughs> from the prime rib bar or whatever special.
1: Yeah, ninety nine cent prime rib.
0: Yeah. Right. Yeah. So how much re- walk us through the research process you have to to kind of create some of these period correct scenes
1: thank God for eBay um, <laughs> and Google I have a a library now of for example with the Vegas scenes that I've done GM I've done Ford and and I've done uh, mopar in in uh, Vegas there I have purchased a lot of postcards a lot of postcards um, old uh, programs from the casinos so if you see Dean Martin on the sign, Dean Martin played, you know, somebody will come up to me and say that, um, um, oh, well, that, that, that guy never played that casino. And uh, you don't want to say you want to bet, but you, you can pull out the research and say, yeah, in 1969, he was at that casino. Or, or you know, that, that the, the research has to be correct even though people, I still get letters.
0: Right, right, yeah. Now, i got to imagine the composition is fairly complex, because some of these you'll have 20 classic cars, and there are some in the foreground, some are in the background, some are turned sideways. They're not all to perfect perspective. So how are you able to get them so spot on? I can't imagine you freestyle all these, or do you?
1: Yeah, I do. Um, In the case of, for example blue oval strip, which is the newest of the Vegas scenes. Um, it was a 60 inch wide painting and that took me almost three weeks to draw. Oh, I remember wow. after working on it for two weeks and and say, oh look, you know I can get this um, this gas station in and and this was not there so I'm going you know did, did a lot of editing on the on the drawing and I remember my wife and business partner Marion coming up into the studio and saying, Dave, I think you need to put the pencil down and start painting.
0: <laughs> right, right. Yeah, you can get lost in the detail prep work, right?
1: So, yeah, so that that was, um, uh, you, you know, almost three weeks of research and drawing just to get the drawing done before I even started putting color down.
0: Right, right, wow. Now, do you ever have the urge, because I know a lot of your, your paintings are muscle cars or performance cars, you know, the ones you would see at a car show. Do you ever have the urge to put a random period correct, like four-door sedan in the background somewhere?
1: Well, there was a case when I did, at the Mopar Nats, it used to be, the party street used to be um, Bryce Road. And I've done Bryce Road twice, where guys are are putting out water boxes and people are doing burnouts, and then guys get arrested. And when they do get arrested, people come in or, or get ticketed for doing a burnout. People will come and throw $5 bills into his window, you know, to help him pay the uh, (laughs) the fine. I mean, it was, you know, the big party, the Mopar guys are nuts. So I've done Bryce Road a couple of times, and one time I put in, way in the background, I put in my um, town and country minivan that I haul artwork (laughs) around in. So yeah, yes I do.
0: Okay, well there's a little uh, Easter egg for any of those that might be Looking for something fun to do as they peruse your website? Okay. Well, that's really cool. And you don't but do just muscle cars. that's
1: the only time I can think of, of putting really a modern car in.
0: Right, right. Okay. Well, and you don't do just muscle cars. Just call out. I do see a Porsche dealership and a Chinetti's Ferrari dealership. So uh, you do have a little bit of something for everyone, right?
1: I like the old dealerships. Again, Kennedy, um I've done um, the Manhattan location in 1963, And then in 1972, I did the Greenwich, Connecticut dealership. Porsche, I've done Brumos, and that was a commission from Brumos Porsche. And then did the the Max Hoffman in 1956. Did Max Hoffman, uh, one of the first importers of Porsche in the United States.
0: Now, where do you source the uh, reference picks for your cars? Are they from car shows that you've attended? I mean, because you don't want to have something that's not factory correct on these cars, you know, like the wrong hubcaps or something.
1: Exactly. When I did, for example, did the Max Hoffman and did 56 Porsches, um, I went to school on 56 Porsches. I bought several books. Um, Amazon loves me. Um, <laughs> you know, I, I I make sure the reference is correct, or as correct as I can get it at the time, with the reference that I'm able to
0: collect. Right, right, okay. Yeah, I did notice in one of your paintings, you have the 1967 Shelby Mustang Super Snake, one of one ever built with a 427 big block in there to test. I believe it was Goodyear tires. Now and
1: that that was a, um, that was Melbourne's Ford and. In Long Beach, yeah. And Melbourne's Ford, that car was sold after Shelby and um, Goodyear was done with their tire tests on that. It went to Melbourne's Ford. So that is correct, and it has the correct white walls on it, which I've had people come up and say, I've never seen a Shelby with white walls. And that's another thing where you say want to say yeah you want to bet you know here's here's the reference.
0: Well, I love that attention to detail because that was my question. Is was this really sold at Mel? You said Melbourne or Melbourne's
1: Burns? Ford on Long, yeah. Long Beach Boulevard in Long Beach, California. Yes.
0: So which came first? You wanted to do the dealership, or you wanted to do the car?
1: Um, I wanted to do the dealership, and I knew about the car, and it was sold through that dealership. And I'm working on the painting, and lo and behold, it comes up for auction at at the Meekum Indy auction. And it was just a coincidence that it was, all of a sudden, there's the car in front of me after I did all this research. And the painting was done, and I actually displayed the painting at the auction with the car.
0: I'm glad I asked that question because I would have... That money that you were chasing the car first, so I'm glad I asked the no, question. No,
1: it was the dealership first. <laughs> I, you know, I wanted to, I needed to get some West Coast. I did all these East Coast and Midwest dealerships, and I was looking for something to do in the West Coast.
0: Right, right, okay. No, that's really, really cool. Okay, well, if you would tell us where did this passion for cars come from, and then how did that lead? Did that lead into art, or did art like you? You're already an artist, and then you and, You've wrapped it into your passion for cars
1: when I was I've always been a, interested in cars when I was six I knew I wanted to be an artist I, I, that that's where I wanted to go. Um, I went into a went to a very prestigious cool school in Cincinnati called Central Academy of Commercial Art where they train art directors and designers for the commercial advertising career. I spent 25 years doing that and always painted the weekends in the evenings and always had an interest in historical transportation history. I've done airplanes, I've done trains. um, uh, In fact, I've got a couple now that I've just uh, recently released again, um, one with a Um, an airplane scene and one with a train scene, but I always had a, a, a passion for transportation history. And a publisher in Canada asked me to do a couple for him around the automobile. And that led to where I am now, 23 years later, and probably 175 paintings done of automotive art and around america's passion for the automobile
0: right right okay now is there one car you haven't painted that is on your list or have you painted pretty much all the ones you've always wanted to
1: now i have a i I want to do a, a, a volkswagen dealership because the car that i learned how to drive here in cincinnati hilly cincinnati was a 1963 Volkswagen bus.
0: Was it a 21 window, a 23, no, or not, just a no, regular? No, 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 okay. no, it was just the regular, <laughs>
1: the, the regular combi bus. But um, it, it was still, you, you it, it's a great car to learn to drive in. I mean, it really is.
0: Wow, that would be really cool. And just a quick shout out, well, check out the Collector Car Podcast Instagram stories because I'm going to visit Dave's shop and take a couple little videos of him working on his current project. And could you share what your current project is, or at least uh, the type of car?
1: Um, right now, I'm doing a a commission, and it's for a Christmas gift, so I can't talk too much about it. It's Yenko Chevrolet. Um, I have a um, a project that is that is about to go back on the easel. Tim Wellborn, uh, Wellborn Muscle Car Museum down in Alabama, is bringing five or six cars to Amelia Island and I'm doing a painting around a Dairy Queen ice cream stand that he and Pam Wellborn used to hang out in Mm. and used to drive their, that was their cruising spot and so it's, it's these five or six iconic 1970 muscle cars in this Dairy Queen and that's what I'll be working on when you come over.
0: Okay. Well, that'd be really cool to see for sure. Now, I do want to point out Canvas is not your only medium of choice. You actually paint on some other cool stuff. Can you tell our audience a little bit about your other offerings there?
1: There was an idea that I had. There's there's always this synergy between guitar collecting and car collecting. Um, they, they kind of go together for some reason. In um, 2013, I had this idea. One of my favorite Charities is curing kids' cancer, and I wanted to do something special for them. I'm going to do this painting on a guitar. I went to Gibson. Gibson donated the guitar. Unfortunately, I had to go down to Nashville and pick up the guitar and take a tour of the factory.
0: Oh, that's tough. Somebody
1: twisted my arm to do that. So you know, I, I so so I actually picked out the guitar. And then it went back, after I did the painting, I went back to Gibson, and they added a bunch of really, really cool stuff to this this Gibson Les Paul. And at auction, that guitar brought $105,000 for curing kids' cancer. Wow. Since then, I've done a couple of other charity guitars and done probably 15 commissions now on paintings of people's individual cars on guitars or a whole collection so that they can take their guitar and actually display it with the cars
0: that's really cool and i do see you have a really cool 60 i think 65 66 shelby gt351 that uh, i personally like a lot so that's really cool that you're able to expand it into a i don't know a new form
1: <laughs> yeah it was just kind of a, an idea that i had and and um ran with it and it's turned into you know two or three a year i'll do as a commission or as a charity auction
0: Do you do any paintings of cars on French horns? I used to play French horn. No?
1: You know, it's a little bit hard to get the acrylic paint to stick to that brass.
0: (laughs) That would be a little tougher for sure.
1: But I admire the fact that it's a tough little instrument to
0: play. (laughs) Yes, it is. Now, how did your passion for cars begin? Was there a a neighbor that had a cool car that you're... Your parents? Did they have a cool car?
1: No, they always had things like a '53 Studebaker and, and a '56 Ford Town Sedan, and a, you know, the, the, just kind of run-of-the-mill stuff. But I did have this, this passion for cars. I remember my brother and I used to sit on the front porch and watch the cars go by. And this would probably be late '50s. I would take GM, and my brother got everything else you know, Ford, Chrysler, Studebaker, (laughs) Hudson, GM always won. You know, we'd tick off the cars that went by in, say, you know, a given time, an hour or something. And at that time, I think GM had 55% of the market in the late 50s. And it was proven out by my brother and I just playing this little game on the front porch watching the cars go by. Um, I also remember in 1958 going to Beasley Ford in Cincinnati. Some Cincinnati guys will remember that on uh, Madison and Grandin Road, and seeing the very first Edsel's. That was a huge deal. They take yeah. the paper off the the um, the window, and boom! You know there was the new cars.
0: Now, do you have any of these cool new cars in your own garage?
1: No, I don't. I have a, like I said, Chrysler minivans that I haul artwork around in. <laughs> yep. But I have a, an 03. Our cruising car is an 03 Corvette.
0: Oh, okay. And
1: on my 50th birthday, my wife and business partner bought me a, well, surprised me with an, it was my 50th birthday. It was Corvette's 50th anniversary. So what's a girl to do? <laughs> by a new Corvette for and and you know so that's our cruising car and it was a true surprise. We were at a restaurant, Greg, you know, Montgomery Inn in Montgomery, oh, yeah. the rib yep, great place. Yeah. We had a party there in one of the party rooms for my 50th birthday. And unbeknownst to me, they brought the car around as I exited the restaurant with a big bow on it. Wow. So it was a true surprise.
0: Now what color is the car?
1: It is Quicksilver with a torch red interior, the bright red oh, interior.
0: Great you know, combo. I just think
1: about all these '50s um, Mercedes with the the silver and the red interior, and and that's kind of the the look I was always going for. And she knew that, and she found this car. It was a dealership search, so it took a while to find it.
0: Right. Okay. Well, you got to give credit for your wife there for sure. That's a wonderful fiftieth birthday present.
1: It, it, it made all the rest of the wives in the neighborhood kind of um, angry because, you know, the husband said, hey, you know, he got a you know, Corvette for his 50th birthday. I'm going to
0: have to make sure my wife listens to this before my 50th birthday.
1: <laughs> Why don't we get together and we'll, um, I'll show her how it's done.
0: <laughs> That's awesome. All right. Well, now, is there a what is your dream car? Like, what would you love to have in your garage?
1: Depends upon the mood. Um, I'm sitting here looking at, at my easel right now that has some Yanko sh- Camaros on it. You know, I'm not a go-fast guy. I like art. Um, I can see a 1962 Pontiac Catalina convertible
0: oh, nice. in, in yep. like
1: a blue with a three-tone interior, three-tone blue and silver interior. Or um, when I'm in a go-fast mood, of course, you want to go all the way. Anything that Ford drove in the 1966 Lamar would be fine with me. Cobras are, are sexy, and, and, and that would be fun, too. You know, it just depends upon the mood. Um, a, a 1941 Cadillac, probably, to me, one of the most beautiful cars ever made. So it, it it's just, I like them all.
0: Right, yeah, you're like me. Every time I think I nail it down to one car, I see something else. <laughs>
1: yeah, so. uh, maybe a 1959 Thunderbird.
0: You right. know, that
1: would be fun for, or or a, a, a 32 Highboy. You know, it just depends upon the mood.
0: Right, yep, yep. All right, well, before I get to my little game at the end here, if you could tell our listeners again, how's the best way that they can find you and your paintings?
1: The website is David Snyder car Art.
0: Yeah, and I did warn you, a game I would like to play at the end here is called Keep, Cash, and Crush. So I give you three cars, and you have to pick one to keep forever, one that you will cash in, and then one you don't mind sending to the crusher. And so I decided to use your paintings as reference points. Really? So, okay. Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay, let, 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 let me get you my, my pencil out, and, and I'll yeah. jot down some notes here.
0: Okay, so okay. let's see. I've got three cars here. One of them is, now some of these are, well, okay, so I'll just lift them off for you here. So one of them is a Chinetti Ferrari Daytona Coupe, not convertible. Okay. One of them is a Yanko Camaro. And then the third one is very specific. It's a 1966 Shelby GT350 Hertz model, but it's the red and gold one you have in your picture, because I only made like, I think, 17 of those.
1: Ooh, yeah.
0: So those are your three cars, the Chinetti Ferrari Daytona Coupe, the Yanko Camaro, and the 66 Shelby tt 350 Hertz, but the red and gold one. So which car would you keep forever, which car would you cash in, and then which car would you send to the crusher?
1: I want to be able to drive a car without, if it gets a ding or something like that, it's no big deal.
0: Hmm. So that would
1: be my keeper would be the GT350.
0: Ah, nice. I like that thought process. Okay, so that's your keeper, the GT350. That,
1: yeah, and and you'd sell the Daytona because Ferraris have just gone nuts.
0: That leaves what? The
1: Yanko <laughs> for the crusher. There's the a Yanke- blue million okay. of them out there, and, and um, you know, it's, it's just... It's a straight-line car. I don't want a straight-line car. I want to be able to drive it.
0: Oh, nice. Okay. So you're the first guest that ever took... Driving enjoyment into it as the very first factor, so that's really, really? cool. Yeah, I like the way you thought about that. You don't want to have to worry about it too much, or you're not picking the highest dollar car to keep forever. I like that. And I
1: knew you played this game, and I couldn't wait to see what you picked for me. That, that was <laughs> that. Those were some really interesting, and and not a hard choice.
0: Well, that means I got to do better next time. So I'll have you on, and I'll, I got to make you sweat a little bit more. <laughs> okay. Okay. We'll do that. Well, Dave, thank you so much for your time. And uh, I know, you know, we'll be seeing each other hopefully next year at some of the Concourse shows or some of the auctions. yeah. Yeah. So until then, for our listeners, please be sure to check him out on his website. So, Dave, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for the interview. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.